Over the next few minutes, we're going to talk about uh, having a seven-year-old who wants to tell all his friends about all that wonderful information he's just discovered about periods. And so welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul and I sit in the car with you each week answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. My answer comes from the Courage Pillar this week and the Courage Pillar of the Evolved Family Method gives you the skills to speak up about complex stuff. Um, build more connection with your child as you do that, run interference between your child and the world at large who may think that they have too much information, but of course you know that they don't have too much information, they're perfect the way they are. So let's read the whole question. The big question in my house at the moment is about menstruation from seven and nine-year-olds. I'm okay with explaining the science part, but my worry is from my seven-year-old son that he'll want to talk about this with his seven-year-old friends who are girls. He's likely to want to share this new information with everyone. Is that okay? This question is super interesting because what it's demonstrating is there's a shift in this parent's thinking, but maybe in your your thinking too, from the beginning, which was uh, we don't talk to kids about various things like this until maybe they're 11 or 12, over to We know kids benefit from having accurate information and it helps them build deeper connections with us and have an easier time growing up. But the next step is then, what do other people think? What's super interesting about this question is it's coming from a midpoint in the evolution of how we parent. Stay with me for a minute. Many of us were brought up with the, we don't tell children about information like this. We're now at our stage in our parenting where we know information is important. So we're starting to give our kids information. But then what happens is at this point, there's um, a conflict between the culture we have in our family, which is we talk about stuff versus the culture out there or vast majority of other families, which is um, we're waiting to talk to our child until they get closer to puberty. And so when we're in this mid zone of um, knowing this is important, but the culture is not supportive yet there is this tension of okay I'm going to tell my kid this stuff because I know it's important but what's going to happen when they go out into the world so this is sort of an evolution of where we're going as a culture the third step will be that the vast majority of everyone understands that these this information is important and so wonderful conversations can happen between seven-year-olds about menstruation and can I just say that if I was a seven-year-old and um, I had had the opportunity to talk to a friend who was a boy about periods how much destigmatizing would have happened around that like this is actually an awesome situation but the problem is the world doesn't support it yet. So this is where this parent is. And what many parents will do when they have this question is either limit the information they give their child or their fear of what is going to happen and the fear of conflict with other parents will translate into something they might say to their child like, um, you know, we have this information, but you can't tell anyone else because um, other people will get upset. And I understand why uh, parents get to that point because we want to protect our child from conflict right we want to make sure that they are accepted and invited to other people's homes they are a very welcome friend in the households of their their school friends Um, and we want to make sure that 
crisis is minimized or conflict is minimized. Most of us are conflict averse. Um, it would be very rare to go out and search for conflict, right? But in a sense, by prioritizing what our children's needs are, we are creating situations where conflicts might arise. And that is where this question comes from. So what I've learned is if um, parents are really focused on what is going to happen outside their house and they don't have the skills to um, create an interface or they have a system worked out for what will happen if their child speaks up, then um, it tends to make them tongue-tied. So we're going back to that courageous yet tongue-tied feeling. Because even though the parent who's asked this question is able to speak up to her child, there's a next level of um, courage, I guess, that comes into play, which is how do we um, interface with the people around us? So in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about um, three different ideas I have about what to say to your seven-year-old if he has a lot of information about menstruation and you're pretty sure that he's going to want to share that with his seven-year-old friends who might be girls. Because let's face it, a family who can give information to a child about this um, and can also support and accept that conflict um, is part of raising an evolved communicating family because the rest of our parenting community isn't there yet. That is one of the highest levels of parenting we can get here, where we as adults can welcome the crisis or the problems because we know without a shadow of a doubt that we are doing the absolute right thing for our child. So let's get going. Point one, it's time to acknowledge your child's enthusiasm. Knowing information about this, knowing the, the, what menstruation and periods are, is pretty magical, actually. It can be a wonderful, exciting thing, particularly if you know people whose bodies might be eventually going to do this later on. So acknowledge his enthusiasm and, and um, say, yeah, of course, uh, it's so exciting to learn about this part of how new humans are created and uh, what human bodies can do. And then we can also say that having information is um, a privilege and it also is a superpower in a sense. And I would absolutely use those words superpower because children generally get superheroes, how they might have super strength or super speed or the, the ability to fly. And we can say, well, you know, information about periods or anything really um, is a superpower because it gives us information and the ability to understand what it's like to be human that maybe other children your age don't have. You could talk to him about um, how it feels to have this information and get him to give you feeling words of what it's like and um, maybe have a conversation about why he would like to ask or tell other children about it. What is it about having that conversation that would be useful or interesting for him? And keep it very much focused on why it's good for him, right? Because we are building connection and we can't sort of work out the best way to deal with this problem unless we are absolutely clear about what's going on in his mind. Because remember, all behavior is logical and there's a reason why he wants to, to say this. So what is that reason? Let's find out. Point two, 
it's time to talk about period stigma and period shame. If they know, your kids know about periods and menstruation, then it's a really good opportunity to then talk about cultural shame. Now, in the evolved family method, as part of the growth pillar pyramid, um, we talk about all these different age-appropriate topics to have with children. And one of them is um, about how our culture influences how we think about something. So in this case, it will be that the culture around us has influenced almost everyone to feel ashamed and embarrassed about periods. Whether they have a body that is going to have a period or not, the default is shame and embarrassment. And so what happens then is if someone starts a conversation about periods who is not ashamed and embarrassed with someone who has shame and embarrassment around it, it can be really hard for the embarrassed and ashamed person. So let's put this another way. Your seven-year-old is not embarrassed and ashamed. They have the superpower. Their seven-year-old little friend has not had a conversation with anyone about it yet. And so there is in her world, a sort of a sense of silence. And so when the silence is broken by your seven-year-old kid, um, there can be this feeling of awkwardness and fear and worry in the friend. And I'm wondering if that is the concern that um, the parent who's asked this question has, because there may be that sense of wanting to care for this seven-year-old here who doesn't have any information yet and might be sort of blindsided by, oh, I've just got all the information about your body's going to bleed, right? So this um, awareness of cultural shame is super important to have with kids, particularly if our kid is in a body that is not going to menstruate. Because um, in our culture, it's maybe still a little bit countercultural or unusual to have um, someone talk openly about periods at all, let alone someone talk openly about periods who doesn't have a uterus, right? So there needs to be some awareness about what is going on in our culture that would make this conversation more difficult for other children to have. And it's just the way it is, right? It's like um, driving on the side of the, the left side or the right side of the road. There are some things that happen in our culture that just are, and we need to know about them so that we can look after ourselves and be kind and caring to the people who um, feel ashamed or embarrassed, even if we don't have that shame and embarrassment. Just before I leave point two, the end of this question was, is it okay? Is it okay if he talks to his seven-year-old friends? And I'm wondering if that question really has an easy answer. Because on one hand, you could say that, oh yeah, it is okay because he's helping to dismantle silence about periods. On the other hand, you could say, well, is he really the best person to give his seven-year-old little friend her first experience of having a conversation about periods? You know, and um, and if it was my seven-year-old, I'm just thinking about myself, would I have liked my seven-year-old to have her first conversation about periods with one of her friends at school? No, not really. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. Now, I had the capacity to be able to have that conversation. So this has not been an issue in my family, but it is an issue for that seven-year-old's family. So in point three, I'm going to talk about something a little bit hard and I hope you're here for it because this is the way we make the world a better place. So let's talk about point three. Okay, point three. 
our world is a broken place. All right. Lots of things are about our world aren't helpful or good um, in parenting, in things to do with sex uh, and the body and periods and all those things. So point three is, could there be a way for you as the adult to take on some of the responsibility of smoothing the way of this um, so that it's better for, well, your son gets to have the information and have a conversation with his friend. But so this friend that he wants to have the conversation with um, is prepared and has the information. So instead of it being a first off conversation, it becomes a conversation that um, reinforces something she already knows. How would you feel about reaching out to the parents of his friends and just letting them know that you've had this conversation in your family and um, it's been it's gone really well and um, if they would like any information about how you did it or want support about it, then they can ask you. Now, you know, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, oh, that feels a little bit invasive, right? It's a little bit invasive, but... Um, you know, some of us may have really good connections with the parents of our kids' friends. And how could it be possible that we're saying this in a way not to make them feel bad, but just to say, look, we ended up having this conversation the other day and now my kid knows this information. I just want to make sure that uh, your kids know this information too in case a conversation comes up about it at school, right? So you're not being defensive and going, oh, sorry, we shouldn't have had this conversation and saying, this conversation happened. You might like to prepare your child because it will probably come up in the playground. The fact is, some of us are going to be the first in our group to have conversations like this. Um, the only alternative would be to wait until everybody's ready to start talking. And that would be very rare to have a situation. In fact, it would be completely artificial and not at all realistic to expect that to happen in the world. So we have a choice really. We can either go ahead and have the conversations in our family and do the best we can and um, do it at a time that feels natural and right and also um, is in line with what the sex education research is saying. We could wait and try and guess or have a chat to other people about when they're going to do it but they may not have the same information as us and therefore they're um, not going to do it in line with what the sexuality education research says. Or we could bury our head in the sand and just let conversations happen outside of our family and, you know, maybe do the traditional parenting that we might have received when we were kids growing up. And I know, you know, most of us now particularly anyone watching sitting in the car, I know something about you. And what I know is that you want more for your kin than you had growing up. And so it comes down to these two things. Are we going to talk at the time that's best for our child? Or are we going to try and fit in with other people in our community? And if you know me at all, you will know that I am child-centered. My kid is the most important thing in the world. And I will do exactly what they need from me. And if that causes ructions in my community, then I put on myself the responsibility of learning the skills to deal with that. I am the adult. I can learn how to deal with conflict. That's something we teach inside the Evolved Family Method. How do we deal with inevitable conflict when we are doing this progressive, amazing child-centered 
um, part of parenting. So you've just learned about um, how to have a conversation uh, with your seven-year-old or how to talk about this idea that he has information that he might want to pass on his friends. And this episode uh, got really detailed. Um, So I want you to know that you may get to the end of this episode and still feel a bit unsure about what to do. And that is absolutely okay because we are, as parents, challenging decades, generations of the old parenting method, the courageous but tongue-tied sort of idea, or even actually in our parents' generation, through no fault of their own, they weren't courageous and tongue-tied. They were just doing what they were told, right? And now we find ourselves, oh, that was not right at all, and we're doing something different. So um, it can take a while to learn all the micro skills needed to have conversations like this, particularly I've been talking to you about how to manage conflict between families who have different viewpoints to us. That is a high-level parenting skill. We start dealing with it inside Um, the Evolve School, but that is something that we continue needing more help on for months and months after you go through the Evolve School. So don't feel bad um, if that feels out of your reach, but do think about what support you can get to help yourself start to upskill in this area, because if you're putting your child first, then there is inevitably going to be uh, some work that you'll need to do around negotiation and diplomacy in your community. So that's sitting in a car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. And if you would like more information about the Evolve School, reach out to me in any way, um, whether that's to comment on this video, email me, DM me, find a link, uh, and I will give you the next steps and tell you when the Evolve School opens because it's not open all the time because it's too exhausting for me to run 24-7 all through the year. Take care. See you next time. And I guess, oops, start again. (laughs) Hilarious. They're on the phone. I got distracted. Woo! Try again, try again. So where was I?